Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. Congrats for winning two tickets to see the three sheets to the wind. America's number one tribute to Yacht Rock. Friday, March 1st, Capital One Hall. Three Sheets to the Wind pays authentic tribute to the best Yacht Rock classics from the 70s and 80s. Undoubtedly the smoothest music ever created by mankind. Congratulations to the winner. We'll get back into some of our takeaways from our Adam Peters conversation. If you missed it, it's available at thefandc.com and on the Odyssey app. Of course, you can always rewind the show. But we got business to tend to right now on the Beltway Blitz. Start off on the ice. Caps have a massive game tonight. Big one. They had a huge game last night against a bad team, and they got two <laughs> points and scored six goals. Tonight's even bigger, though. The Red Wings are ahead of them in the wild card chase. Steve Wino, the Associated Press, joins us now. Swino, second night of a back-to-back. Caps are missing several key players with injury. Red Wings did not play last night. This all bodes poorly, but, man, if they could get a regulation win, tonight would feel like a really big deal. GP, it's a really big deal. And Spencer Carberry told his team that yesterday morning at, at the morning skate thing. This is a really big 48 hours for this team, for this organization, and that he's going to need everything out of these players. And really what the Capitals probably need most of tonight is Charlie Lindgren to steal a game. He's been really good as of late. He's been really good this season. Darcy Kemper started against Ottawa last night to give Charlie Lindgren the chance to go into Detroit and beat the Red Wings and move that much closer to a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. So I know I'm going to use a technical term here, but something the Capitals haven't done much of the, of the season. A goalie tries to stop the puck, and when the puck goes past the goalie over this line into the into the goal, it turns out that counts as a goal. The Capitals have been doing that lately. It's weird, but tallies of six, five, and six over over their last uh, handful of games. Dare I say a breakout is real? Danny, it's weird. Like, you know, that the putting the puck into the net, into the net. Thing, yep. it, it turns out to be important. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. the net. And, and look, it, it's not even a, it's not a coincidence either. Not, it's not just Alex Ovechkin scoring on the streak he was on, but the, the, the Capitals had a concerted effort of going towards the net, putting pucks on net and, and, and kind of making, making it difficult on opposing teams. And that slight change in kind of strategy and the tweak to how many pucks they put on net and bodies go into the net has worked out really well because this is a team, as we know, that wasn't scoring a whole lot of goals, is averaging under three goals a game going into the All-Star break. And we've seen a, a huge influx of offense since then because of, of what Spencer Carberry and the coaching staff has done. I'm curious about the kids. I like what I'm seeing from a lot of them. Hendrick Slot, Pierre, a couple of goals last night. 
The way that uh, Protus has played has been awesome. I mean, Beck Malenstein scored again. They are kind of rebuilding on the fly. My assessment from the outside, and I want to know if you agree with this, is more knowledgeable hockey mind than myself. It seems to me like they've got a lot of very solid, like, back six type players that could be around for a long time and helpful, but maybe not star power. They're going to have to supplement that with spending some money when some money gets freed up. Is that fair or no? I think that's really fair, Grant. And, 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 and I'll throw Connor McMichael in, in maybe the, the category of, of being a middle stick sort of player. But the Capitals are going to need to supplement that by spending some money in free agency, by making some smart trades, but also by drafting well. And, and, and they got Ivan Nutrishenko, who, who was their first-round pick two years ago, and Ryan Leonard, who was their first-round pick last year, who could be potential stars. And, and the Capitals, as an organization, are banking on those guys being the stars. But if you have solid NHL players, everyday NHL players who can contribute in the Hendricks, LaPierre, uh, Alexi Protis, Beck Malenstein sort of mold, I even throw Ethan Frank and some of the guys down in the minors, Vincent Iorio on defense as part of that, that kind of generation, you can turn some mediocre drafting over the past five or six years into the solid makings of a team that, contend, that can contend and where the, the period between the Ovechkin era and the next one isn't as dark as maybe we thought it was a couple of years ago. So I know, is, is there a path or is it even worth discussing for Darcy Kemper to be the number one goalie at some point again? I mean, that was the plan. He's being paid like it, but Charlie Lindgren obviously is taking a stranglehold of this job. Is, is there any way that changes? Well, I think it changes if the Capitals trade Charlie Lindgren before the trade deadline. And, uh-huh. and, and that's, that would be the move that Clay Stevenson is lighting it up in the minors with Hershey. And then Charlie Lindgren has a year left on his contract. Not that the Capitals are eager to trade Charlie Lindgren if they're trying to chase down a playoff spot and keep winning here. I have to imagine that that, that changes Brian McClellan's thinking and what he wants to do ahead of the March 8th, uh, 3 p.m. deadline. But if things do go sideways in the next week or so and the Capitals become sellers and get offers of a first-round pick or more for folks like Charlie Lindgren or Nick Dowd that could, in theory, if Lindgren goes, open up that chance for Darcy Kemper. But if this is a meritocracy and, and who's playing better is going to be a net, right now it's Charlie Lindgren's spot. Yeah, you mentioned the trade deadline and still uh, kind of to be determined as to which way they go. That's up in the air as we speak, but give us an idea of what both avenues could look like. Is there a path if they get a big win tonight, a little bit of help in the days ahead. Maybe the heater continues that they could even add at the deadline. Or do you think that's unlikely? Yeah, I think that's unlikely. I, I think because of kind of how forward-focused this organization is right now, uh, of not wanting to trade, uh, give up young assets or give up draft picks, that I think a stand pat sort of move with keeping a Joel Edmonds and keeping Max Pacioretty, keeping Anthony Mantha, all their, their, their kind of pending unrestricted free agents, and then obviously not trading Nick Dow, not trading a, a Nick Jensen or a Trevor Van Riemsdyk or, or a Charlie Lindgren would be kind of the most likely sort of like buying route. And would, that would be the, the Stan Pat sort of situation. And, and if things go bad, I think you could see all of those players traded if the returns are right. Certainly the unrestricted free agents, if there's the right offer for Trevor Van Riemsdyk or, or Nick Jensen or Nick Dowd or, or, or Charlie Lindgren, that the Capitals could kind of continue what they did last year by trading uh, Garn Hathaway and, and Dmitry Orlov for a first-round pick in Boston, flipping that for Erasmus Sandin, and sort of almost reload on the fly at the deadline if Brian McClellan chooses that direction. So up. Thank you as always, buddy. Talk soon. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. We'll see you, buddy. Hit that NFL sounder. Our guy from USA Today, Nate Davis, joins us here on the Beltway Blitz on G&D. Nate, where does Justin Fields end up? Yeah, great great question. I mean, uh, I'm out here at the Combine and, you know, the 
Bears certainly aren't saying anything that would lead you to believe that, that he's uh, he's their guy, uh, which is expressly what they have not said. Um, you know, their GM Ryan Pohl said today that they wanted to uh, write by Justin Fields, um, but you know, all, all arrows pointing to the fact he'll probably be an ex-Bear here soon. Uh, I mean, I would think I would think doing right by him would maybe figuring out a way to get him to the the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he's a he's a Georgia native. Um, you know, I think that that team is is probably one, one good solid quarterback away from being probably a division a title contender. Um, you know, you also hear maybe the Steelers, maybe the Raiders, or other other teams that keep an eye on. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Bears Bears moved pretty fast last year, trading that for that number one pick. Uh, you wonder if they'll move pretty fast this year, maybe, maybe moving Justin Fields on. How about Kirk Cousins? Do you buy Kevin O'Connell at the podium today? suggesting that maybe progress is being made and he'll stay in Minnesota. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, mean, I think there's a, there's a good marriage there. I thought Kirk Cousins probably w- was on the way to his best season before he got hurt this year. Had a very good one in 2022 uh, as well. You know, I think Kirk, Kirk has said is as good a businessman as he's been over the years in, in both Washington uh, and, and Minnesota and, and really, you know, maximizing his value. I think he, you know, even he said that, that really, you know, money is, is not really the main uh, objective at this point or getting every last dollar that he can. Um, and, and I think that, that's a pretty good, you, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings maybe draft the quarterback. Uh, it's more of a long-term thing, but I could see Kirk coming back on a two, uh, a three-year deal uh, and then being pretty competitive in that division. Another quarterback question for you, Nate. It seems to be a theme here. Where does Russell Wilson end up after after the gaming musical chair settles? Yeah, I mean uh, another another great question. You know, Sean Payton said today that he uh, you know expects some kind of resolution over the next two weeks after they meet with quarterbacks here and meet with with ownership next week, which which again are all things that, that would indicate to you that resolution means that Russell Wilson is not going to be a, a Denver Bronco for for much longer. Um, you know, sounds like him going on that podcast yesterday it was maybe more. Russell's way of, of show, indicating that he's he's not the one that wants to leave, but but it's not really up to him. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I think I think you look at those same teams, um, Steelers, um, maybe the Falcons, if, if they don't end up with somebody, kind of given that they're they're uh, at the back of the top ten uh, uh, drafting. Um, <clears throat> it's also going to be up to up to Russell. I mean, is, is he willing to go to a situation where he's got to compete to be a starter? Uh, is he willing to go to a situation where he knows? He'll be kind of a, a, a bridge guy, uh, maybe for a team that, that drafts a guy in the first round. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But it seems like that's kind of the phase of his career he's moving into, You know, whether or not he's really willing to accept that or not. Yeah, I'm curious, too, about uh, – and our guest, by the way, breaking down the National Football League from the Combine is here in some of the scuttlebutt. Which way we're going to go at number two in terms of who the consensus QB will be there? I don't, I don't mean what Washington will do, but Daniels versus May. Do you think that one will separate from the other? Yeah, it, it, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think it, it is going to be you know a little bit of, of what kind of a flavor you want. I, I mean, you guys, you guys know, I mean, doing comps for these players uh, is, is kind of inherently unfair, given that they're coming from college and giving when you get compared to to a guy in the NFL, you know, he's he's, a, he's an established guy. But you know, it, it, it seems like. Upper, upper, you know, best case scenario, you're kind of looking at a Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson kind of debate with with May Daniels uh, and Caleb Williams. Um, I, I tend to think personally that maybe I think Jaden Daniels might might have be the guy that 
settles into that second spot, given the momentum he had from last season, which Drake May doesn't really have coming into this. And then just the fact that he does give you uh, that, that really elite, I think, ability um, as a runner. Uh, Drake May does give you some of that, but, but I think that he's, he's in more of a, of a Josh Allen, Cam Newton mold uh, at best, where, where, whereas Jaden can give you something really really special on that front. So uh, we'll find out. It's going to depend on what X team that, that, that's, that's picking values in that spot, but I, I kind of wonder if Jaden's going to end up being the number two guy. Nate, always appreciate it, bro. Talk soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man, be well. Hit that local 53 sounder. Our guy Mitch Tischler joins to talk about that particular foosball team. Mitch, they are picking at number two. Is there any way it's not a quarterback and something else happens that we're not thinking about? Sure. I mean, there's honestly a chance that anything happens. This is the first time that we've all dealt with this uh, group, this group of decision makers. And as much as it looks like it's going to be a QB at two, you know, you never really know. But uh, you guys talked to Adam Peters today, but we talked to him out here in Indianapolis and he did say they got to find themselves a quarterback. So uh, it's certainly on his radar. He all but confirmed to us and suggested similarly today, I know out there, that Cam Curl's not getting a franchise tag. And I find that really interesting because most of the GMs talking about players who are these marquee free agents that could walk are saying, yeah, we have the option to use that. We're not afraid to use that. That's kind of what you do if you are hell-bent on a guy not getting out of your building. Do you disagree with me when I say that's telling about their willingness to go to the top of the market for Cam Curl? Yeah, I think it also might say a little bit about Cam Curl as a player. I mean, I like the kid a lot, and I think that he was overused in the Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera defense and that he was asked to do a little too much and play a few too many positions and never really got settled in. But let's be honest, we're talking about a player that hasn't had an interception in three years as a safety, and he's a good player. Don't Don't – I'm not saying anything negative against him. He's a very good player, but does he deserve what's it going to be, 17 mil a year for that uh, safety uh, franchise tag? That's a lot of money to spend uh, for a guy who, who hasn't put up big numbers uh, you know, since pretty much his rookie year. Let me just finish typing that Mitch Tischler hates Cam Curl. Send. Yeah, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew you were going to go that way, so I, you know, I that, many qualifiers as possible. Mitch, no, that, that's when you drop one of those easy, easy, easy. No, but but you agree with me. My point is, I, I don't know if I made it clear. It was a weird way to ask the question. Adam Peters, by saying, yeah, we're not tagging Cam Curl, you're effectively then saying you're not paying Cam Curl top of the market We're not going to win the bidding. Yeah, oh, yes, I, I, absolutely. I think that's what he was saying. And I think also it made a bigger point to their, how they're going to address for agency because he said it to us out here, you know, that – and he said it at the podium many times that they want to build this thing for the long term and they want to build this thing to win for a while. And he said specifically today that, you know, he's not sure that attacking big dollar free agencies, big dollar free agents this offseason is congruent with a plan that's building towards long term, long term winning. Sure. And I'm not saying I, I kind of just I kind of agree with him. I, I don't know that this is the year that I'm that I'm going all in. I think this is a dip your toe in the water and kind of get a feel for what this team has and what this coaching staff wants and how they're going to approach, you know, playing these guys. And, you know, once everyone's a little more comfortable with each other and kind of has a better idea of what's going to work for their systems, then they can go all in quote unquote and, and go after some of those big time names. He went even, even harder with us. Yeah. I mean, the comment, how about this? It's not going to be a big spending spree. He said, yeah. we're not going to go out and blow all that money this year. Talking about 
the 90 million. So, I mean, he was very clear in kind of sending the message that you're referencing. I'd probably be more aggressive, it sounds like, than they're going to. The problem with that theory is they just need good football players. So, like, you could right. be San Francisco and, and you can just kind of supplement with some occasional backup types as a free agents. But the problem the Marty Party and Ron had was, you know, they rarely ever swam in the waters of the best players. And when they did, they didn't reel in those fish. Uh, where are you at on the O-line? How many new starters do they need? A number. Um, I think there's going to be maybe four guys back uh, from last year, maybe five, um, if you want to include Braden Daniels in that group. But, uh, you know, kind of big picture with free agency and, you know, talking about the O-line specifically, Adam Peters said today, you know, he's like, hey, uh, there's some guys who fit in the previous system who won't fit particularly well with us as we move forward. And there are some guys who didn't fit in the previous system and didn't play well in the previous system who will be able to do that with us as we go forward. And so I look at that a lot with the offensive line because there were so many struggles and so many guys that were asked to play so many different positions. And kind of like I said with Cam Curl, I think that, that this coaching staff across the board did a real disservice to a lot of different players with that positional flex stuff that Ron loved to talk about by not letting anyone ever get comfortable in a single position. And I think you're going to see a lot of guys who are going to play a lot better because they're going to be able to concentrate on their on their position, on their role, on what they're supposed to do, and not have to learn two, three, four different things and have to be thinking. They're going to be able to play fast out there. And I hope as we look at some of the guys on the offensive line, that's going to be the case for them. And it, that might mean a guy like uh, Andrew Wiley moves over to guard. Um, it might be Stromberg might might play better at guard than at, than at center. I think there's a lot of a lot of questions with what's going to happen. But the one big thing I'll say is, you know, if they're going to go quarterback at two, at either 36 or 40, they have to address tackle. And whether that's a left tackle or a right tackle or one of those two at one of those two spots, they, that's the number one thing that I think they need to address once they figure out quarterback. I don't know, man. I just I want some more position flex. I feel like we didn't have enough of that over the last four years. Uh, Mitch, always a pleasure, buddy. Talk soon. Hey, Danny, what's your position, Flex? Are you going to go run the radio board and let uh, you know, let let Ryan or someone come and uh, co-host the show? With, I really uh, will. Okay, I'll answer the phones and put up the podcast. Okay, big my biggest thing about it is. Hey, hi, well done, well done, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. Enjoy, Andy, buddy. There's Mitch Tischler. Good to have him on the show. As always, that's your Beltway Blitz. Position Flex. Uh, we have not gotten to get a chance to have you guys react to Peters, who joined us last hour. And the big development, I guess, uh, among others today is finding out that this is not going to be a high spending spree offseason, even though we kind of ex thought with all that money Washington was loading up to, to go throw cash at their problems. He went as far as to say they will be shopping in the bargain bin primarily. Uh, they may make a splash or two, but they're not going to spend anything close maybe to, to what you were thinking. Are you okay with that? Would you like to see them be aggressive and add a bunch of talent? You've got the 90 million. Should they go about spending it, or do you like his prudent approach? 800-636-1067. We'll get into that next on The Fan. Yeah, I think success is um, we really want to put, put together, start building the foundation for a great team. And what the results are, you know, those could be, those could vary, you know, but I think um, what you want to put out is an extremely competitive team, a team that's going to win, win some games and, but play football the right way, play with, play with a mindset, play with a style that, that resonates throughout this area. And that's what, that's, you know, one of the great reasons why DQ is the right guy for this job is he can bring that. So um, you, 
it's hard. You don't want to put a win total on anything because a lot of different things can happen. But I can tell you one thing that we hired the guy that's going to put out that type of a team. Adam Peters, who joined us in the three o'clock hour right here on Grant and Danny. He said 90 million's a big number. We'll probably spend a lot less than that. I don't want to set too high of expectations. That was telling. Yeah. Among other things. It's the only time he's kind of hit the gavel or or been very definitive. Rightfully so, by the way. That's not a criticism. That he he is, should not be in the business of being like, by the way, we're we're taking Drake May at two and uh we're gonna let Cam Crow walk and you know, we'll, I don't think many, and many of the other guys in this roster are any good. There's no upside to that. He, he, of course, should be doing exactly what he did. But that's the only time he's kind of gone out from that lane and said, just for the record, hold me, you know, in other words, read my lips. We're not doing this. Will you be frustrated if they have a free agency a lot like the previous few years? Now, ideally, the limited amount of money they would spend would result in more success on the field and more players who are fits who actually perform eventually. You know, whether that's in year one, year two of those deals, whatever. But, like, I will speak for myself. I hear what he's saying. I like what he's saying. I think the philosophy's good. You still have a boatload of money you got to spend. So you don't have to spend 90. You could spend 45, 50, 55, 60, and still add a lot of talent. And I think they probably will. And if you want to front load some of those deals, they should do it. But, Danny, if they really do have a free agency where two or three days into the market, there have been you know dozens of the best players signing, and they've just kind of sat it out, and they're sitting on their hands, and they're going to pounce like the Marty Party used to yesteryear on tiers you know, two, three, four. I will be frustrated. Doesn't mean I'm I, I'm going to uh, be out on Adam Peters, who I think is fantastic. Doesn't even mean it's a bad practice. Th- there is a thought that you should act as if. That, that the 49ers and the Packers and the Steelers, whoever you think the hallmark teams mm-hmm. of the era are, right? The Chiefs, like, this is how they do things. This is how we should do things. I think you got to get on their level first. The only way you can compete with those teams is to bring in football players. Football board. Hopefully, you get the X's and the O's from your coaching staff. And Dan Quinn's a, a boss on defense, and Cliff Kingsbury's a star on offense. But if you don't have the Billies and the Joes, it does not matter how good your X's and O's are in this sport. They just don't have talent. You had zero pro bowlers. I said this earlier. You can be cute. I looked up the 49ers depth chart, Danny. It's staggering how few of their starters were acquired in free agency. Super Bowl offense for Mm -hmm. them. Kyle Juszczyk from the Ravens was a free agent. John Feliciano who I think was hurt and didn't play or, or was a you know a guard who, who was uh, battling some things as the year went on. Free agent. That's the list. Mm-hmm. On defense, similarly, Bosa drafted, Armstead drafted, Hargrave was a free agent who they paid a bunch of money yes, to, by did. the way. That's a good example of championship team missing piece, maybe. Uh, Chase Young was acquired via trade. Dre Greenlaw drafted. Fred Warner drafted. Charvarius Ward, good player in the secondary. Free agency. Hafunga drafted. Tayshawn Gibson, free agency. Thomas and Lenore in the secondary, drafted. So we're talking about four starters total on that team that were free agents. You can live that way when you got all those talented players in the draft and free agency. But you'll never get good enough to be on that level if 
if you're not willing to just throw some talent and money at the problem. It's almost like um, when I go into a restaurant right now trying to eat a little cleaner and drop a couple pounds, I see people that are like ordering what I want. They've got cheese fries. They've got buffalo wings. They've got a burger. They don't look like me. Mm. They're allowed to do that. <laughs> I, see, yeah. I did that every day forever, uh-huh. and just every meal ever was bad. They do that. I'm seeing their one random day out of two weeks where they do that. For me, I just go, that's not fair. I should be able to do that. But I want to do it 100% of the time. I'm not really an act-as-if guy. I am a – you can start acting as if when when you can play with those teams a it's, little bit. It's a little bit chicken or the egg, yeah. right? Where, I mean, to me, here's my philosophy, and here's, how, and here's how I get there. I don't care what their record is this year. I don't know how unique that is among this fan base. I don't care. I want to find – a critical mass, whatever that number is, that makes sense to Peters, it makes sense to me, of young players that I am now are part of my layer, that are part of my fabric, that are going to be here beyond this season, beyond this next year, a year or two years or whatever. Then, by the time I do this exercise again next year, I should be a lot better than I was before. So to me, I don't care about adding a high price free agent to go from a four-win team to a 5.2-win team. Or, or whatever. You know, I, I could overspend at a position for someone that probably won't be here if and when I get good. So you have two years of potentially layering talent with some guys that will be holdovers that will be here. So all of a sudden you start doing the math and you go, yeah, it makes sense to not overspend this year for a, a marginal improvement. To me, this year is about the rookie quarterback that hasn't been drafted yet. Is it about anything else? Kind of, but only as it relates to that rookie quarterback. Who's going to be here with the rookie quarterback? Who makes the rookie quarterback better? Who gives them the best chance to succeed? So the spending that I would do this year would be to make sure that I don't have what happened this past year with an offensive line that wasn't near good enough to deal with a neophyte quarterback with a sack problem. I'm going to upgrade there just because it matters to keep the rookie quarterback healthy. But I'm not breaking the bank most of the time. I mean, to me, the difference between this Rivera regime and adults who actually know what the hell they're doing is their bargain basement guys won't be Andrew Wiley. Their bargain basement guy won't be Nick Gates, who was readily available and couldn't believe someone was calling as soon as they were calling to give him that money when he he, he basically had more millions in his contract than he had games played over the previous two seasons. Not a joke, by the way. So I do trust them to, to be better and more judicious with their spending. But so, no, I won't be frustrated. I'll be frustrated if it never happens. Like, if, if they're close, they did what the Packers did for so many years, where you're right there. Just spend a dollar on someone to help your Hall of Fame quarterback. If we're there and we never spend, then I'll be pissed. But for a garbage team picking second, I'm not really that excited about, about spending this I year. don't care about their record this year either. I don't view this year in the vacuum that you do in a way, it sounds like. And what I mean by that is spending this year on good football players isn't to make sure that I make the playoffs or win. It's to make sure that Drake May is excellent. Mm-hmm. It's to make sure that Jaden Daniels has a crack. I'm with that. Awesome. I think we're locked up there then. You know, you you go get linemen and running backs, and and you go get a tight end, and you go get players that help him. Doesn't mean they just have to be on offense. If my defense is a lot better, he doesn't have to play hero ball. He can be a caretaker. He can hand the football off and protect the football. So th- to go into the season and go, well, I'm not going to be good this year anyway. So four and thirteen's fine. I'm not going to spend or add a whole lot of talent. No, I think you got to give your quarterback a chance. I'll also say this. I think that he is kind of setting the table for the fan base to not expect that they're going to be the Jaguars. You know, where you yeah. just 
literally backed the Brinks truck up. You spent, you got the best guard, the best tackle, the best wide receiver, according to everybody's rankings, right? That cost the most money. I think the, the truth's probably in the middle. Like, what I'm saying is I'll be annoyed and frustrated if, if they do the last few years where their best player they brought in is Andrew Wiley. Like, just I'll be furious about that. Hit, hit, well, clearly. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to pat you myself on the back too hard, but I, I called that one. Uh, but, like, I want to hit myself in the shin with a baseball bat. If Andrew Norwell is, like, what we're breaking down when we go with their new free agent class, right. I will bet they make a couple of splashes. Do you agree with that? No. You don't? I don't think it'll be splashes. I mean, so be sp- let's define splashes. Yeah, that's I, so that, I think that's important. Like, I've talked about the edge position a couple of times. I think. Would Dorrance Armstrong be a splash? No, not at all. Because I think that's kind of where they'll go. To me, he is tier three. Mm-hmm. So tier one is superstars. Right. That's like the best available. And most of those guys are getting tagged and not available. And that's, that's like, what I generally consider splash. So maybe that's my definition is too high for okay, splash. Okay, so that's like Cousins. Yeah. That is um, Brian Burns in Carolina. Tier two for me is still a splash. Those are like if a team signs Cam Curl as an example, who Washington's losing in free agency, that's a splash addition. He's the 20th best player available. Bryce Huff from the Jets is the guy I really want on the edge. You could go get him. You pay him eighteen million a year over four, you know, for four years or whatever. You guarantee him forty million bucks. He comes in and is your new starting edge. To me, that's a splash acquisition. I think they do something like that. Kyle Duggar is a good example of a safety. I, I wouldn't pay him seventeen million dollars if that's what he's going to get. Um, but you know, him or um, I'm just trying to think of the perfect uh, name, like so we could debate it. Would you consider Dalton Schultz to be a splash? No. Okay, so to me, that's still a splash. Okay, so, th- th- so well, that's the only thing. We're talking about yeah. double-digit million dollars a year. That's a lot of money. I mean, to, right, but that's, that's not like... He's going to be one of the five highest-paid players on the team. That's a splash. I suppose. Yeah, so I I, get, I guess for me, splash is star changes teams. Not guy that was available last offseason for not that much, going to another team this offseason for not that much either. At the tight end position, that's not, not that much. He's one of the higher-paid tight ends in the league. I guess that doesn't approach splash level. Okay, so I guess so that's to me, that's a semantic. Are you adding a Pro Bowl caliber talent? That's what I consider a splash. I'll define it that way. I, I, I Dalton Schultz is a Pro Bowl caliber. Yeah, right talent. situation, right enough targets. He sh- he certainly could. I mean, I, I think of it more as NFL Network stops what they're doing and goes, "Do you see this? This uh, team added uh, Christian Wilkins from Miami. Splash like stars changing teams, not." 15th best guy at his position in right situation. But okay. again, man, that's semantics. But so I, I think that's the tier though. I think that's where they're going to swim. I, I think there's go, like, they're going to go get starters in free agency. Not, not yeah. the sexiest names, but they're absolutely going to go get players. I just don't think they're going to be in the bidding for, you know, for Antoine Winfield or, uh, you know, again, we, we're, we're running through names, Brian Burns, who's not going anywhere, but you know what sure. I mean? Like, I don't so, think they're doing that. I, yeah. That, that I'm glad we kind of went through the exercise. They're not going to bring in superstars. Mm-hmm. I do think I'm going to keep calling it a splash. If you're the eighth highest paid tight end in the league, which is like what Dalton Schultz will be after this offseason, or maybe even higher, he's going to be making probably $12 million, $11 million, something like that. You're one of the top 10 guys at your position in football. That That is a splash. I think they're still going to sign two or three guys like that. 800-636-1067. You heard from Adam Peters on our show. The quote, $90 is a big number. We're not going to spend that much, meaning $90 million. Don't want to set too high of an expectation. Also suggested they'll be looking for value in free agency. 
They got more money to spend than anyone, but they don't want to act like it. Are you cool with that? Grant and Danny on the fan. We just finished up with some, some great meetings with our coaches and our personnel staff working on identifying the types of players we want as commanders. And so we have a great vision for what we're looking for heading into free agency and the draft. So it's been really exciting and, and just getting together with everybody in the building and, and building that, that synergy, that collaboration. We, we are we're, we're stressing throughout the building. So it's been fun. What about this, Danny? That was Adam Peters is heard on Grant and Danny in the three o'clock hour. What about the possibility that he's kind of slow playing this thing or, or they're playing dead a little bit as it pertains to free agency. You don't want to put the word out there. You're looking to spend a bunch of money. Because now agents are taking you yeah. to the cleaners. There's no upside in saying we're going to spend every dime on that thing. <laughs> or even um, what right. I would have liked to have heard, I guess, in a perfect world is, hey, look, we got the most money in the league. We need to add talent. We're here to try to upgrade this roster and help the young draft class that we're prioritizing, that we're bringing in. Uh, we're going to be aggressive. Yeah, I think that, I think you would you might have de-shirted had he said the words, we plan on being aggressive and improving the football yeah, team. That, that, that is what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Now. I'm an Adam Peters guy. He's going to do fine one way or the other. He's going to pick the right players, hopefully. But I guess my point is, if you do that, you might give agents a little ammunition. Mm -hmm. You you might, um, there's really no benefit to announcing your plans. Also, you set an expectation for the fans. Now, if you're in bidding wars, it's almost like, um, if you think about the fantasy baseball auction draft. Yes. uh, This is kind of a great analogy. No, no, this makes sense. Yeah. So I've been in these leagues where, if you haven't played before, it's kind of real to life. You get X amount of dollars. So let's say you got 100 bucks to fill out your roster. Someone will, you go around the league one by one in an order that's predetermined. And then each guy suggests which player's now up for auction. They go, okay, Anthony Rendon, Juan Soto. Uh, Mike Trout, the, exactly. Otani. Yep. And then everyone bids. And then over and over again, somebody wins the player, but you only get 100 to spend on your whole team or whatever that allotted number is. Well, I've been on teams before where we keep losing the bidding because I'm like, ah, we're not going to go that high. Can't go that high. Can't go that high. And next thing you know, we've been doing this for an hour. We 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 haven't gotten any players. Now I've we've been got... super smart on my spending, <laughs> and I lose those leagues. I don't have any money spent. Uh-huh. But at the same time, most people have six or seven guys on their team, and we have nobody. So now we've just got we've got to use this money. Mm-hmm. We got to fill out a roster. If he comes out today and he says we're going to be aggressive, we want to make our team a lot better, and now three or four of your negotiations don't go the way you want, or either you lose a bidding war or a player chooses someone else over you, you've set an expectation that we're going to get a lot bitter. Mm-hmm. We're going to reel in big fish. You know, we're, we're going to get better by shopping at the top of the market. So he's probably doing this the right way. I just hope that they bring in two or three really good players, a couple guys that are Pro Bowl caliber talents. I think that they will. I know you're not as confident in yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, they're, they're going to try to to balance the, you know, it, is this worth winning the bidding on? Right? That's that's always the thing. Like you think about any any walk of life, anything that you're doing. You know, you have somebody come by and they go, We could fix this for, you know, five thousand, but we can really make it nice for twelve thousand. Is that worth it to us? Right? Like you can improve your football team overnight. He said this in a, in a previous uh, press conference, I think. You can get better absolutely right away. But are you gonna be better in two or three years because you did that? Maybe, maybe not. Those are the, the ways that you have to sort of balance this thing. I think they're going to be shopping in that middle to lower tier, maybe the, the initially picked over guys who fit their system or scheme a little bit better. 
I don't know if it's going to be bargain bin, as we kind of like to, to say with the dollar menu, as he was kind of talking about, but they're going to spend. They're going to upgrade talent on this roster, which is easy to do, by the way, because it's a, it's a low-talent roster. Adam Peters said, what's wrong with the dollar menu? I wanted to say, you don't know anything about it, buddy. You and your you and your, you and your metabolism. I'm sure you've been to McDonald's. You know anything about the dollar menu? You leave dollar menu talk. That's to me. our territory. That's what we do. <laughs> you, you have fine steaks and chickens right. and salmons. We're eating nice baked fish with couscous. I know what you eat. You're checking your macros over there. Exactly. We'll get to the phone calls in just a second. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. Last point on this, I would make: if they are truly going to not be aggressive in free agency at all, and not spend money on the marquee players, then they should trade John Allen. You know, th- then go all the way in here, frankly. Mm. I can be as patient as anybody, but if you're going to start sending the message of roster building, long-term plan, you know, this coming season, we want to be competitive, but we're not going and adding a bunch of talent, then let's get as many picks as possible. If we're team draft. You know, I'm Mr. Draft. I'm here to build through the draft. Me and Lance Newmark are going to have the best draft resume of anybody over the next three years. Hell yeah, man. I'll wear a T-shirt that says, bleep those free agents. I'm the anti-Sean <laughs> McVay. I could do that. But trade John Allen or Deron Payne and go get more picks. Start moving some guys hmm. because there's no reason to just spin our tires in the middle then. Like if this is the process football version, I can absolutely get on board. But I think that it's... Prudent then to, if, if the draft matters so much, okay, well, let's be early rather than late on the, the veteran free agents that, that are in this sense. locker room that have value. That makes sense. Get something for those guys. I mean, the, the decision then, it's also part of the evaluation where the way I think about it, I, I have no idea if this is the way they think about it because they're really good at this and I'm, I'm just me, but is this person, player, going to be here when we're really good? We have a target date for the sake of argument, the 2025 season to compete for this division and potentially be a high-level playoff team. Will person in question be here helping us be a net positive and be worth the money then if they're already under contract now? Like, say, for example, they look at a Sam Cosby and they go, yeah, probably. He's good at guard now. He might be really good later. Let's lock him up. Or if they go, uh, I don't know, pick at somebody else. Uh, uh, fine, we'll use John Allen. The He won't be returning the value on that day, or he will be. That decision gets made now by smart organizations. That's a really good point to bring up. Also, you've talked a lot about how, like, the quote you you had was, I don't care what their record is this year. Mm-hmm. I think you're in the minority on that. Yep. But a lot of people can understand that thinking. Uh-huh. I happen to be with you in the minority. The I don't view it in the vacuum of what you're doing this offseason is for this coming year in that. If 2025, like being in the mix in December is their goal, uh-huh. that starts right now. That starts with this free agency class. It's very rare that you go on a big spending spree and it immediately pays dividends. The offseason champion, I don't need to tell Commanders fans this, is rarely also the in-season champion. Mm-hmm. But if you go get Huff and you go get a corner and you go get Dalton Schultz and you go get four or five really good players this year and you just start competing at a higher level and you raise the standard in the building, the culture improves a little bit. Ideally, don't say culture every day and talk about it constantly. Reference a culture that doesn't exist. Let it happen naturally. Mm -hmm. That will bear major dividends next year, more so than even this year. So this notion of like, they don't have to be winning this year. I didn't say they did. I just think it's nice to to bring someone in who as a 25-year-old will also be really good next year, who will be in his second year in the building and 
more entrenched with the staff and maybe more vocal a leader by the time that you are playing in those critical games in a year. Uh, let's get to your thoughts on this next. Want to hear what you guys think. Adam Peters made it very clear on our show today. There is not a major spending spree plan, despite having more money than any other team 13 days from free agency. Are you cool with a lack of aggressiveness at adding talent in free agency? Your thoughts are next on GD. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.